Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, a podcast where I sit down with some of my friends in the local Columbus, Ohio theater, film, and improv scene and talk a bunch of geeky stuff. Some of it good, some of it bad, but all of it definitely geeky. If you enjoy our program, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review or subscribe wherever you can get podcasts. Our official sponsor of the show is Audible. With over 200,000 titles to choose from, get one audiobook and two Audible originals each month included with your trial, even once your trial ends and normal membership begins. Best part is you own your library, meaning you keep the books even if you cancel with easy exchanges. So if you don't love a book, swap it out for free anytime. Sign up for your free trial over at audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Download the Audible app and start enjoying your new audiobook now. Also, support for this podcast has been made possible by our Kickstarter backers, Ashley Carson, Catherine Ranella, Wooz, Yannick, Doug Poeta, Christopher LeBlanc, Andrew, Kenny, Jerome Wetzel, Casey May, Anonymous, Tavia Ordway, Anthony Portillo, Jen and Brian Petrie, Guest 16554254418, Laura Spires, Kimberly Barr, Kyle Jepson. We here at The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky want to advise listeners that this episode was recorded during the pandemic between the end of 2019 and the end of 2020. This episode, I am here with... Nathan. As we sit down to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, on this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. And a word of warning, there will be spoilers aplenty on the movie, and not just on that, but other little things involving the turtles and other things we might talk about. So listener, beware. And if there's anything you want to talk about or say about the first Ninja Turtle movie, join in on the conversation by interacting with us via social media or email. Twitter and Instagram is username goodbadgeeky, or email me at goodbadgeeky at gmail.com. We may read your comment on a future episode of the show. We have I don't know. a blast from the past because we're talking about the classic 1990 film Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Woo! which is I wanted to talk about this one for a while because it's hard to watch it with a critical eye and it's still hard. I, I still have a lot of I don't really have a lot of problems with it, but, you know, but we'll just start off. We'll, we'll do something a little different. Normally, we start off with like, what does everyone think of the film after rewatching it or watching it for the first time? And uh, but we're going to do a, a twist, which was, what was your favorite turtle back in the day? And did you see the film when it first came out, like in theaters, or do you see it on home video? Are you asking me right now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because the way you set that up, you were those were the questions you were going to ask. Well, that was me technically asking them. Uh, oh, you're right. Okay. This is why I'm not well, a good host. This is well, why I know I'm not it came out in 19, I mean, it came out in 1990. I remember having it on VHS, but I could not tell you if I saw it in theaters or not. I have no idea. I do know that I watched it at home, but I do not know if I watched it in theaters. Did you rent it? Did you buy it or did you remember? Well, we had the VHS. We had it. I remember we didn't get the VHS right away, and like Cardinals used to have, uh, which is our local supermarket where we grew up. Had oh that, yeah, uh huh. You would put a request in, and especially for the big movies like Team and T, Team and T two. What other big movies were back then? As a kid, you're not paying attention to other things. You're only paying attention to the Turtle movies or uh, whatever else. 
Um, I remember Mortal Kombat was a big one, Batman Forever, but you know, Men in Black. No, I remember owning it. I remember, I remember the case, and I remember having to take the case. I remember like having to slide the case off the paper. Yeah. So I do know that I owned it, but I don't know if I owned it because of the theater or what. Well, what was your favorite turtle back then? I don't think I've ever had one. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's I interesting. I, I mean, if I had to pick one, I think I would go. I don't know. Based off the video game, I liked Donatello the best. But based off the movie, oh, I don't know. They're all stupid. I don't know. I guess I relate to the older I get, the more like Raphael's my soulmate. Like we all want to be Michelangelo with the brains of Donatello and like the honor of Leonardo and like the leadership skills of Donatello. But as I get older, I'm just Raph. I just want to F and punch everything. Like I want to murder everyone. But then it's like, you know what? I love my family, but I will kill them if I have to. Yeah. And you're a loner, you know, which exactly like I could leave, I could leave Ohio. I could leave this world. Well, I mean, I'd be dead, but with proper headgear, I could leave this world and be fine. Now, with proper headgear, you mean like a red bandana? <laughs> Absolutely. No helmet or oxygen, just that red bandana. I, uh, you were so, mean literal leaving the world. I literally, like I'd squatulate and go. Now, how? well, I guess my question for you is I've maybe read four comics in my entire life. And three yeah. of them, I think, were like dentist comics. Not comics from a dentist, literally like. It was a magazine about dentistry. Like I've looked at comics and I've looked at books, but like, as far as like, here's the first page. And I I remember going through the comic phase. Like I bought like five or six, but I think I just did this. and I was like, and just sat it down. But how do you think the first movie goes along with the comics? Oh, really? Well, in terms of that, it, we're just, I mean, just talking about the first one, because it's important to note, the first one is really heavily influenced by the comics. Like, is it really? Okay. Yeah. The only thing it really grabs from the cartoon show is their personalities, unfortunately, because the TV show had the personalities a little bit more, excuse me, a little bit more crystal clear, you know, in terms of what all the duties was like. You saw I was them confused by Donatello in the movie because I always like I kept thinking like okay well, he's going to be the smart one. He was really dumb until like the last twenty five minutes, and I was like, okay, he may be the smart one, but that's only because I uh, I already know that he's the smart one. Yeah, because like when you're watching, because he's not like I kept waiting for Perestroika the whole fucking time. I re- I didn't realize I don't remember which one that's in. I think it's in the second one. Oh. But, like, yeah. As the movie, go, but like going, relating to Donatello for science, relating to him to fix things. If you're watching the first movie, you really don't know. Like, you know, Ralph's, Ralph's the loner. Oh, Ralph. You know, Mike is the funny one. You know, Don, you know, Leonardo is the leader, but Donatello kind of just seems like a hybrid. You can argue with it, but if we base it just off the first movie, yeah. he doesn't really show. I mean, he does like this thing where like, they look at him like when they're saying like words when they're happy and he's just doing this and you're waiting for, I mean, he says like a word that's like two syllables. Like why would that make him smart? I mean, yeah. Splinter I, says cowabunga. That's four syllables. Is he, I mean, but anyway, 
Yeah. I don't no, remember the original question. <laughs> no, you asked how close are they to the comics? And I would oh, say, yeah. so the mo- the movie also takes April O'Neil from the cartoon show where she's a reporter. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to, and outside of the personalities, I think that's the major thing they take from the cartoon show. There's no be So in the comic books, there was no bebop and rock say Krang was not a bad guy which, you know, was interesting because they could have gone down the Krang route right off the bat and it would have been, and honestly, I, so. Do they do that in the new movies? Like I haven't seen like the new Ninja Turtles. Yeah, so the first new Ninja Turtles, the, the, they're called the Bay Turtles or Michael, they're by the, we're going to cut that out. Three, two. <laughs> Don't you mock me. No, I'm not mocking you. I was mocking how horrible that was. Like I couldn't even get a coherent word out. Michael Bay's turtles. I don't know what they're Bay turtles. I'm thinking of Bay formers. Those are the new ones. Yeah. The new just, ones look like they're nine feet tall. They are. And the first movie has Nathan. And now knowing my luck, you would watch it and you would find it to be actually enjoyable. But to me, it was they had so many moments of Captain America like moments that you explained to me about what your problems with the first Captain America movie is. Oh, I watched in the first movie. I had to go back. I didn't even make it five minutes. So Raphael throws a sigh at a light. Yeah, you can tell that didn't work. And they were just like, you know what? Just cut the power. Make it look like it. Oh, see, I didn't catch that at all. Like, so I remember, like, so April is, I mean, so. Well, I remember the scene. I don't remember it. It's so easy to predict the movie as I'm old. I don't know if when I was seven, if it was as easy, but, you know, she just gets off the newscast and then, like, they're showing crime. I mean, like, the story, I mean, it's not a bad story, but you can tell it was made in the 90s and you can tell the focus was just on the turtles and the plot was like, well, if it happens, because it's just like, we're, you know, all this is happening and it's just so easy. Like no one apparently is home because these kids aren't goddamn Rembrandts. You know, they're nine years old. I don't know, 22 years old. And it's not like you can't stop them. Yeah. Like the wallet thing was kind of genius. I, I mean, I liked how like you could, I mean, obviously it was a movie set, but you can kind of see how people in crime would work like that. I still don't agree with the guy didn't feel it because you could, you could watch the pants move and you're like, no, he would feel that, but his character doesn't feel it. Yeah. That's based after an old truth. I love the the transition of how quick they moved and the foot and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, there obviously were a lot of good things. What I didn't realize was when I was a kid, I never watched like the credits and really saw like what went into the turtles. Like I just knew that Corey Feldman was the voice of someone. But, like, I didn't realize that there was, like, an actor who was the turtle, an actor that, like, like moved the turtle. There, like, each turtle had, like, three people or something. Like, it yeah. wasn't just, like, Corey Feldman. Was he Michelangelo? No, he was Donatello. Donatello, okay. It wasn't just, like, Corey Feldman was Donatello. It was, like, this person. And then, like, way at the end, it showed, like, that he voiced it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's the only thing that people notice. I mean, oh, yeah, it was the voice that like made each character like you take the headband off. You don't fucking know which one's which, especially if they don't have any weapons. It's the voice that makes them like, 
I mean, well, I guess I, they could be different colors of green. I don't. I, I'm not trying to be I, a species. No, I, I, I disagree with that because if you read, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because, like, you know, if you did that with the cartoon show, I really do feel like Henson, Jim Henson Productions, they made the characters look particular in a particular way. Like Raphael kind of has beadier eyes than the other three. Leonardo. They're beady, but they're a little bit bigger. Also, Leo's a little bit taller. Michelangelo is the shorter of the group, but also like in terms of his face, his eyes are more wide. Mm. There are little things that are bizarre. Well, if I like, were to look for those, I would be able to notice. Maybe, but I mean, it always sounds like you're looking for other stuff anyway. So, but, I already but, zoned out when you're like, well, this is this. No, you're the big turtle guy. But, but the voices are crucial. I mean, would you agree on that? Like, you oh, can yeah. Hear them talk. Okay, that's what I mean. Like, it just seemed like totally. it was like the guy that narrated the Grinch. Like, he wasn't even put into the credits when that when that movie first came out. And it's just like, it's, oh, almost how I felt with this. I'm like, well, the people who did the voices should be first because, like, they did, like, the coolest stuff. So uh, you were making, you made a comment about Donatello, like, you weren't really, and granted, you're, you're also basing that after what you know of the character in general from the cartoon show and other media. But I like, I watched the cartoon, to be honest. But you know, maybe just from the theme song and the video game or whatever, that Donatello's Leo leads Donatello builds machines. Michelangelo's cool, but Raphael's cool, but rude. Give me a break. Michelangelo is the party dude. Like that's ingrained in everyone our ages, even if you didn't watch the show. So Donatello builds machines. Like you're thinking he's going to be, he's a smart guy. He's a genius. When you watch that movie, you don't really get that at all, but there are some really interesting, like acting things that are, that he is doing and how he, well, they all did, but like in particular, and if you watch the other two movies, it's missing. And part of the problem is the actor who played Donatello in the suit, I believe was the guy was the kid who plays Kino in the second movie, the pizza are delivery boy. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. It, it's cool. But there's, there are some little things like, and not just in how he does jokes and all that, but like, you know, some of the little things, how he t- rubs his head around and stuff like that. It was, and part of it was like, well, that looks stupid. But in retrospect, like it's consistent throughout the whole movie of how the character carries himself. It, it's, but I, I will say this though, too, in terms of this film was made for super way less money than you think it would be even for 1990. Like, I think it was made for maybe five, $10 million. And they almost shut down production like seven times because they were oh, running really? out of, yeah. And yeah, and you got to think about like back then, like a Jim Henson production would probably cost about $20, $20 million, $30 million. I feel like I remember that was a big source of contention in Jim Henson's autobiography, which is first off, Jim felt that the violence was a little too strong. But in they the need, movie? yeah, in the first one, they needed money there though. Never so they could, any blood. There, there wasn't the turtles. Was well, actually, well, there I mean, was, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. There was mm-hmm. never any blood for on the turtles. Yeah. I, I yeah. For the yeah, people you, like, it's like, especially when, um, well, like when splinter scratched his Saki shredder, I don't remember his real name, okay. uh, but like you could see a little bit of blood there or like on Casey Jones, you saw a little bit of blood and stuff like that. So I guess, yes, there was a little bit, but the violence that was put out did not reflect the, what would really happen in real life. Oh, oh, well, I mean, yeah, like if you pay attention, like Raphael's size, like the two edges of both of his size are like tapered off. Mm-hmm. So it, it dulls them instantly. You know, I, I just remember that when Turtles 2 came out, it was way more jokey. And not that the first one wasn't jokey either, 
but they never really use their weapons. That's why the whole opening, like they're using like like stuff around the mall to beat the bad guys up because it was a whole thing. Like, yeah, it's really weird. And I, I one of the things that I was commenting on with uh, not to tie this into another podcast, and I don't know when this will come out in relation to that one, but one of the things we talked about in the Muppet Christmas Carol was Michael Caine. Whatever your thoughts of the Muppet Christmas Carol aside is Michael Caine fully believes what he is doing as Scrooge as Ebenezer Scrooge. Like the dude is he's treating the Muppets like their fellow performers on a Shakespearean stage doing a Christmas Carol. You know, I've never seen it. Well, so that's the thing. Like if you've seen any Muppet thing, like even Ninja Turtles or whatever, there are always times where there are some actors that just they're having so much fun that they they forget to kind of act or there are others that they act, but they're also having fun. And there are others that just fully commit to it. Like I will say everyone in the turtle movie that I saw that had to interact with the turtles fully committed to splinter and the turtles and whatever. And it was really nice because it's not because sometimes when you see that it's jarring and especially with how ridiculous everything is. Like, let's be like, I mean, I understand how ridiculous it is for mutant turtles, bipedal turtles that know ninja. And it's not even like real nin- ninjutsu. It's like what the comic books in the seventies and eighties taught people was ninjutsu, which was like, you know, you know, silent assassins and like sneaking up on people. And that's not necessarily real ninjutsu, but like, well, let me put it this way. Ninjas supposedly don't have any honor. You know what I mean? But like Splinter talks about honor and having honor and this and that. And it's like, uh, that's not really how ninjas roll, but okay. Like you're really talking about Bushido and all this other bullshit like that. Okay, sure. You're mixing your stuff, but. Well, he did his best. He was a rat in a cage despite all his rage. Well, yeah, that's the, no, I got it. The cage and all the rage. I'm picking up what you're putting down. No, but I was really struck with how even like the actors who you've never seen again, at least that I haven't seen again after this movie, I've seen the girl who plays April in a few things, but like she was in Armageddon, I believe, if I remember correctly, but like the kid who plays Danny, the kid who played, you know, Tatsu and all these other people, I don't, I've never really seen them again, but they have fully committed to the world that the turtles inhabit. And it's, it was kind of refreshing. Like that never took me out of the moment of what the movie was trying to do. The only thing that would take me out of the moment was very clearly the shredder was an afterthought. And that's kind of how he was in the comic. Well, when he came back, that's kind of how he was in the comics too, but it was all about the turtles and that's fine too. But like the villain shredder wasn't super complex and that was kind of a bummer in retrospect, but yeah. Uh, now did you, ah, man, I, you probably don't even know who he is. Shit. What is his name? You, you ever seen galaxy quest? Yes. Okay, you remember the oh, guy? Oh yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, he was in the white shirt. Yeah, yeah. it was. Inter- yeah, he was almost like the like. It almost seemed like he was the leader of the kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he had a scene that got cut out where Shredder beat the fuck out of him, and it's like a oh, weird. Really? Yeah. So you know the scene where he comes in, and it's the first time you see the Shredder, and they do that whole like. It's actually a kind of cool music cue. It doesn't sound like eighty synth. It comes in, and he looks around, and Danny's just like, "Hey." I have a clue to where the turtles are. Well, if you notice in the background, like he's in the background suddenly standing there and he's holding his arm and his blood running down his arms because Shredder just sliced the fuck out of him because the turtles got away or something like that. It Or they didn't. Huh. 
Yeah. Now, I don't know if you caught this. Do you remember the story of Pinocchio ever at all? Like the well, the, like the fifteen minutes of the movie I've seen. Well, like you know how in and then Geppetto is praying, and then Pinocchio becomes real. Comes a real and boy. Goes, and then he goes to some like island where like boys just do what they want. Yes, that right there. Yes, exactly. That was the lost boys thing. Kind of. The Lost Boys were more secluded off, and they weren't necessarily mean and robbing people. I mean, unless you are on the pirate side, which is, you know, because pirates kill people. The Lost Boys and supposing the books were actually not super bad. But again, your mileage may vary, I guess, on how you view that. But the island of the island where the with the misfit boys, where they're just kind of running amok and smoking and playing cards or whatever. That's technically what they were trying to do. With that, like the Shredder created this playground for them. And then when they finally got serious enough, he would recruit them and either, you know, make them Foot Clan members, which in retrospect was kind of interesting. But it, I just wish we could have seen how that came about or something because it just felt like a nice little idea, but it wasn't really well built upon. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Do you remember Casey Jones from the movie that much or? Yeah. Yeah, he holds up really well too, man. Yeah, I thought that. I mean, that character, I mean, he's just your typical, like, he, you know, your typical a hole character. Oh, like, yeah. You're waiting to hear more. I, I mean, he he has the most, like, repressed anger. Or he has the most issues. You kind of hear a little bit, and then you wonder, will it come later? It's weird that he is he in the second movie? He's in the third one, but not in the second one. Okay. Because I remember think because I remember when the second movie came out, I remember seeing that in theaters, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if Casey died. Yeah, when, I mean, obviously when I was a kid. And, uh, sure, sure. And I'm just because I mean, it's just like, oh, what's his name from X Men? The the blue. Oh, the blue Nightcrawler. Devil. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Yeah. Nightcrawler is like huge in whatever X Men movie he's introduced. So, yeah, and then the third one, he's gone. Yeah. Never see him again. So that's how I felt Casey was. Like he, I mean, he comes in. It is not possible to hit someone with enough force to launch them with a cricket bat, with a golf club. I hated that. Now, when I, again, I understand like when I was seven, I bet it was fucking great. I bet it was, I don't know if I can curse. I forget. Yeah, um, you can. I, okay, good. But um, Bazinga. <clears throat> but like. It just, I mean, because when you, I, uh, that was my biggest thing with him because like, I'm like, well, this isn't going to happen in real life. Although you're right. I mean, walking turtles, talking and fighting, you know, obviously, you know, a cricket bat and a golf club. Well, the golf club, was it Tatsu? I can't remember his name. Tatsu Tinsel? Uh, Tatsu. Tatsu. Yeah. With Tatsu, he grabs the golf club, which I don't know how, if, you're, if, if I am standing over you. And I'm watching you. I'm going to see you pull out a four foot club. It's just how it is. Like, you're not going to not see him grab that weapon. Therefore, if he is trained the way he is trained, you're not going to be surprised that he sets up, rears back, and then swings. Well, then he's like him in the. It's like the Danny kick and what the karate kid. Danny should never have won. You, if you don't know that somebody who's lifting their foot is going to raise the other foot, I don't know what to tell you. And it had to go up over five feet in the air to hit him in the face. 
Sorry. Sorry. Where were we? Anyway, Casey. I kind of wanted to know more of his background because all we, I mean, unless it's something that I missed, which could possibly have been, all we know is that he used to play hockey for under less than a year and now he doesn't. I'm in, I was always, I was interested to know like his background, like April's background. I mean, I kind of related to April because I guess she inherited a store. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, if, it's one of those things, like if you blink or like turn your head for a minute, you miss it. Like I know her, I think her dad is dead the way she was talking. Yeah. I don't know about her mom. And yeah. They didn't I always thought that she and Dan, I, I had forgotten this. I always thought she and Danny were brother and sister. Like, I know they're not. I know, but like because Gin- of the way they talked with each other, it's really um, because they're gingers, right? Right? No, Nate? I mean, I guess I, I was kidding. Like, I was kidding. Bad every joke. T- like you have the ball guy with the glasses in the house, and you know they're arguing, and she's there, and her rapport with Danny. I mean, you can see I mean, they have a brother or sister, brother sister type of rapport. Like Interesting. he go, like he goes to her, you know, when he he runs away, like to the apartment and everything. And, you know, she's like, she treats him like she, like she is protective of him, like Wait. a brother sister thing. I know they're not. I get no, 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 it. No, no, no. Hold on. Sister. Hold on. I do have a, when she, he didn't run to her house though. When he, he got, her, when he got arrested though, that's not In how that, apartment, like when he ran away, when he ran away, but he didn't go, he just went to the turtle lair. He was already there. The turtles happened to go back because they were returning to New York. Is that what you're? Or are you talking about when like Danny and, and his dad come in and the turtles are hiding in the apartment? Yeah. Okay. So he hadn't uh, run away at that point. Okay. Yeah, he hadn't run away from that point. The only reason why he's there is he doesn't want to be there. He hates being there. He hates even being with his dad. His dad picked him up from the police station and brought him to the apartment because part of the arrangement with what's his name Stearns is that I'll let your kid go if you tell April O'Neil to ease up on the story. So, oh, and, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I was just curious. I was like, whoa, wait, he didn't go seek April out. Like, it's purely now, if you want to say coincidence, that kind of thing, I would say sure that like he ends up in the turtles' lair. But uh, yeah, that's one thing they don't, cl- they actually don't, they don't remember them saying or making clear though. How the fuck did Danny find the turtle lair? Because he never went down there unless he went with the foot clan or something. That's a little vague, I don't know. but yeah, no, I just went, I was like, well, hold on. He didn't go to April. He didn't seek April. I was just curious. Like if that's what you were. Okay. Nope. Fair enough. Splinter holds up really well. I will say too. I, I remember seeing that with my dad and that was just, it was weird and awkward because it was talking about fathers and sons and shit. And I just was like, I don't want to be there with my dad when I'm like feeling emotions and stuff about their dad. And then I'm kind of feeling it about my dad and he's there. It's weird and awkward. I've but, always wondered how splinter even mutated. They never show him in the ooze. Well, it's he. It's because he was picking up the turtles, but technically he was he already wasn't a, in the ooze because in his story he came up to them and just put them in a bag. But the and turtles were in were, that bag. They they weren't oozing. I, I get that. I guess we're and again, I'm we just have to assume that he like rolled in it, but like they never show it. Well, first off, it, so so here's the thing: a lot of people miss. 
He was already a mutant before he touched the mutagen. Okay. Because, I mean, that makes I, sense. I, I mean, because he's in a cage doing martial arts and he's like six inches tall. So exactly. Like, I had a feeling. I mean, I just but so. Well, the so ooze, the ooze that's in America did it come from? Because he was in Japan when he was learning to fight with Master Yoshi. Yeah, actually. He was in, I think, Japan and America when that happened. But he was in Japan when they, sh- during the scene where they showed him, like, you know, hi-yahing. No, that was in that, New York. That no, was New York. Was in Japan, because then they showed that girl, and then he came to New York, and then she convinced, she convinced oh, yeah, Yoshi yeah, yeah. to come to New, New York. York. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. The, the death scene again, where he I scratched mean, Saki on the face. We're talking about giant rat, giant turtles here. Well, sure, but I mean, so what was they it? They died in New York. They died in New York, yeah, because after that, Splinter had nowhere to go but into the sewers and to salvage what he, to salvage for what he could find. Yeah, but like, okay, so if there's a if there's a small child like rummaging around through stuff, now, Grand Turtles can't go on their backs. If so, that's bad. They crawl through the ooze, and you're like scooping them up into a can you're going to touch the ooze itself at some point maybe not on t- intentionally but and that's what he says he scoops them up into an old coffee can and when they ne- woke up the next day they doubled in size and so and so in, in particular an intellect or something like that so i like going to develop communication yeah yeah but what i'm, what I'm saying is that Pizza. yeah if you touch dough nathan you're going to get flour on you correct no horrible example the flour is in the dough you mean if i add dough or add flour. Not you necessary. mean well. And your brain, yes. Yes. Okay. You're grabbing, because dough is just Back in dough. the day when I would, would mess you, with pizza. Now, you add flour to go through the machine, but I'm only okay. gonna, That's so, my choice. So I put it through the machine, right? Okay. And then I put it onto the pan, and then I hand it to somebody else to put toppings and shit on it, right? No, we don't. See, at Todd's, we okay. can make our own pizza. Okay. We don't need, like, Hypothet- Hypothetically... If that happens to you, say you get a call and you have to do something else and you someone else has to finish making the pizza, they're going to probably get some residue of the flour from that pan. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you want? Well, in this example, yes, because you that's how... You that answer? Well, this is your day. Then yes. This is not my day. Yes. No, I'm just that trying to... Heavily floured pizza to crust, but... Well, it's yeah. the same thing. It's the same thing with the turtles. Like they're the bottom parts are heavily oozed because they've been crawling in it. And if he even touches one little bit of that, it's going to mutate him. To answer your question though, where did the ooze come from? They talk about that in well, Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which Jordan, uh, what was his name? Dr. Perry. No. Jordan Perry. Jordan Perry. Ooh, yeah, look at you. Yeah, I got Perry. I just remember Jordan because I was in my Micah Jordan face. And I was like, that's so cool. This two is where the ooze comes from. Turtles 3 is where Casey Jones returns and they go back in time. Yeah, the power scepter or scepter. Yeah, the yeah. lantern that spins. Yeah, exactly. And it looks like a little. But so I, from the way you're talking, Nathan, I'm surprised you were able to finish the movie. I didn't I mean I remember as a kid enjoying it, so that's how I tried to watch it. And I mean I didn't mind the story. It was interesting to to watch it fully again and to try to have that sense of wonder that I used to have, like how cool, you know, the foot's lair was. 
not trying to think like how they can possibly afford the electricity bill and all that stuff because you know all that's going on there or the fact that like the cigarettes never go down as they're actually smoking them not worrying about like where their parents are just enjoying the fact that there was a place where you could just be bad you could be yourself I always thought, though, the main thing that I was upset about, Donato's Pizza. In uh, my heart of hearts, I was like, I'm waiting for the Pizza Hut guy. Because the one thing I remember, I was like, Pizza Dude's got 30 seconds. And when that came up, like, I knew I remembered that number. And when it was Donato's, like, I think what threw me off at first was, because the first pizza box you see is when they're down below, before, like, the later in the movie where it's delivered and it takes three bucks off or whatever. I'm like, Donato's? Oh, uh, Domino's. Yeah. Oh, it was Domino's, not Donato's? It was Domino's? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. But I just remember thinking, I swear I thought it was Pizza Hut. And I don't, ha- did it ever switch? Like, no. Or, like, in the arcade, was it Pizza Hut in the arcade game? Because Domino's was the fur- furthest thing away from my mind. So, yeah, so I remember going to Pizza Hut and because they had pizza, like officially sponsored turtle stuff. But you're not I feel like there's a Pizza Hut like box somewhere. Same thing with Burger King somewhere Uh in like the uh, yeah Shredder's Lair for all the kid teenagers. But like, I can't remember where it was at. And I feel like it's kind of in the background. Well, they have Burger King and Burger King and Domino's dominated that movie. But I just, for some reason, Pizza Hut, I was like, I'm waiting for Pete. Like, where's the Pizza Hut box? And I'm like, dominant. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, one of those things you think you know, and then you rewatch it. I was way off. I would have lost. I would have. Somebody bet me a million dollars. I would have lost it. Yeah. No, I. it's. Yeah. I, by the way, I was trying to find. I feel like there's a thing that another writer throughout there it's like a, a thing where it's like you can only have one unbelievable bit and uh, for some reason it made me think of you when you watch things because like for example ninja turtles you can suspend disbelief that there are mutant turtles and, and a rat but like if the continuity is off or something else is off i think you, you just holy shit and grand i think it also helps that you've seen the movie before too like from your childhood i think that's the only way you were able I to still had hopes the... and dreams back then well, oh, is that what it was? Okay. That's probably what it is. I'm, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> How's your day? Oh, it's great. My my dreams are dying. You know, the norm, the huge. But I couldn't, I can't think of how he calls it. It's like a juju or the weird, like you get one coincidence of something that you can instantly lay down and go, okay, I can suspend disbelief long enough to get that this is what's happening but if there's anything more than that usually he the the writer though was talking about big like story swings and i can't think of what it was like he gave examples of where they you know there were two big moments that kind of counteracted each other but i feel like that applies to you though on a much smaller level like you're willing to buy a big like aliens invading earth or like spider-man web slinging through new york but Anything after that, it it's very, yeah. So I would agree. Yeah, the fact that you even got through turtles in retrospect was was impressive, Nathan. I mean, I still don't understand. Like, I remember Raph going to the movies. Like, I'm going to the movies. Really? Yeah. You physically see 
that he's green and big and that there's a problem. You see his legs. He doesn't have feet. He has two toes. You see this. They even pan out. You see it from far away. Like, but again, I get it. Yeah. Well, I and think like Casey is the only one that sees him as he's, you know, venting to do like, you know, he's doing martial arts to relieve his, to relieve his stress at the top of the building. And Casey's the only one that sees him, you know, that's that sort of thing. I hate those shots because those take me out of it. You don't show a fucking city like New York and tell me that only one person has seen this goddamn turtle. It is not possible. Well, I think or the fact that like all Shredder does is talk about how like you need to be, you know, in the shadows, in the shadows, or like you can't be seen, that sort of thing. Then as soon as they meet April, let's just go out. Let's just go out. We're in a we're in the hallway of a fucking apartment complex in New York City, where she obviously lives at the top of it because he goes to the top. Like, what is going on? Like they're gonna have to be seen. It's New York City. It's not like a village in like well, where I live, or like a village in like Norwegia. Interesting, yeah. Because to me, I always remember even in the vibe I got in Ghostbusters was that, or in all movies that took place in New York, is that you don't pay attention to other people around you because when you do, bad shit happens. Um, so, yeah. so you're not so you're not looking around at like what people are wearing or whatever. And now, granted, they could have maybe made a point to reference that. I don't disagree with that because they it's don't. Just the shots that made me mad, like when the camera is physically showing the people like looking at him, like, and I don't know if they're thinking because I mean it is like in New York City. I do understand, like, it's, I've been there a couple times to know, like, sure. it takes a lot to shock people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if thirty years ago, like. Oh, it's not a big deal. Maybe he just got done at a costume party. Maybe he just played a kid's birthday. Like, I get that they could be thinking that, but like, it's just weird that like, no, they don't show like people second guessing or like the cab driver that's like, yeah, it's a turtle. It's a green turtle on a suit. I guess maybe that was their way of showing like, if they're in a jacket, they're just going to, they're not going to think anything of, I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. I see that. Or how April O'Neil is always alone when she leaves somewhere. She goes down to the subway. She's the only one in the subway terminal. Terminal? No. That's no. budgetary stuff. They, that's them. They don't have the money to pay for it. They extras, had the money probably. to clear it out. It takes more money to clear people out than it is. Just I don't think that's an actual subway, though, Nathan. I think that's a set in uh, North Carolina. Where she got on, where she was trying to get on the subway and she missed it and they mugged her? Well, they yeah. tried. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, oh, like I- they might have used some like like one or two like shots of the actual subway. But in New they, York City, but when they went down, it was North Carolina. Yeah, so just imagine that all the shots in New York when they're above ground, outside of like wide shots of the entire city, or like random shots when like Danny gets out of his car or whatever, like that's it's all like a, a backlot set in North Carolina in the middle of summer. So like every time you see the turtles wearing all that, those guys are sweating to death in those suits doing like ninjutsu and shit. But I digress. Yeah, I guess I don't really ever, this stuff doesn't really bother me because I guess, I don't know, like, to me, it bothers me because you're going to predict what happens. If you're just going to show her like, oh, it just missed the subway. Shoot. Of course she's going to get attacked. There's no mystery there. 
And I will say too, also that the time of day she's leaving is also not a good excuse either because it's in the evening. Now, well, New York never sleeps. It's the city that never sleeps. So even if you go like at two o'clock in the morning, it's going to be kind of full, but it won't be as full as if you go in the afternoon and evening, which is when she went. And, but I, you know, that part is an actual legitimately, like I could see that's actually a legitimate gripe. I can under, I can agree with you on like, why the hell are there not like people on the subway? And I know that deep down that's because of budgetary restrictions, but you know, on the other side of it though, it's just like, well, it's like also all the people during the fight scene in, on the, on the, in the city street, like where the, why the hell are, is nobody like coming out besides the teenage kids and splinter and whatever else? You know what I mean? Like that's a possible, you know, like prop, plot problem that they didn't really think about but i i just yeah i don't know i think that i've already suspended disbelief into what was going on and buying how they were telling the story that it didn't bother me in the moment but that is an actually legit gripe that you pointed out in that regard um, what about, about how shredder died well he didn't die so I know. Uh, you're in a trash compactor like Oh, the, 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 the only armor should've... they show is his helmet, his shoulder pads, and his hand stuff. So, but a trash compactor is very strong. Like it is meant. Like all Shredder does is basically have Pepsi cans on his head, his hands, and his in his face. It's just it's just metal. The same thing that you see when you throw your trash away. I was confused. I'm still confused to this day how he got out of it. I don't love that either. You know the thing they did in the comic book is that he was cloned by worms or something like that. And that is ridiculous. I just felt like the comic books, whatever you think of them, they're way more grounded or they're trying to be more grounded. Like does he die the same way in the comic? No, in the comic book he gets, well, so he dies too. I mean, I'm sorry. I say die. I guess what I mean was, is there his hint of death, like in the first movie, like oh no no hinted the, that he dies by the trash compactor. No, the comic books are there; they were independent, so they weren't by Marvel or DC. Mean that you could do whatever you wanted in. Like the turtles used to cuss and drink beer. They didn't say the f word or anything. They, I think, the worst thing they said was "let's kick some ass" or "damn it." Or son of a bitch, but or god damn it, I think was the other one. But no, the first very first issue, the whole issue ends with the turtles challenge Splint or Shredder to a duel because they were giving vengeance for Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. So they challenge him to a duel, they come out, and it's pretty much the, the fight scene on top of the roof. They all go at him one at a time and they realize that he can't take them all at the same time. And in the process, Shredder takes all of them out, not kills them, but he disables all of them except for Leonardo. And it becomes kind of like in the movie where it's Leo versus Shredder and he's it's they're keeping up. And then he gets a slice in or no, in the comic books, he runs him through and pulls out the sword. And is like, before you die, I'll let you commit seppuku, which is like an honorable way of dis- you know, emptying your bowels out oh, yeah. for honor. And he refuses to do that. Instead pulls out a thermal grenade and Donatello knocks him off the roof and he blows himself up. That's how the comic It'd be ends. It's hard to make a sequel if that happened. Okay. Well, right. And part of the thing was, is that's why. And in, in when they, in the return to New York storyline, when Shredder shows back up, it's wait, we killed you. How can this be? And then it gets into like, oh, well, the Foot Clan, the people left, they took his remains and they started cloning him through this worm thing. And so it's like this, he's not, he doesn't even look like the Shredder, like in terms of like his face. 
because they show his face a lot in the first issue. You know, he looks normal. He looks like a normal Asian guy. And then in this one, when you do see him, it's like it looks like it was eaten and regurgitated out by worms or something crazy like that. And then Leonardo challenges him to a duel and beheads him in that one. So that doesn't happen in the second movie. No, it doesn't at all. Matter of fact, Shredder, that infuriated me too. Yeah. The second movie is less believable that he would die than the first one. Yeah. The first one, I mean, a trash compactor, that's pretty believable that the average person would die. I get it. But like in the second one, the bay falls on top of him. Right. And it's like, well, but hold on. I, I guess that's my thing is that the thing that I thought was interesting is that in the first movie, he should have died from the fall alone, right? Oh yeah, landing. Yeah, that, I, right. I just assumed that. I just assumed that the dump truck was severely full of smooth helping trash. Smooth <laughs> helping trash. Maybe it was like pillow day. Uh, right, right, and and uh, right, and so you're thinking, okay, I mean, well, he could he could get out of that. It's at least from a ten story building, if not. Oh my god, I mean, yeah, which is terrifying. But then you have Casey Jones do the whole oops and he murders the guy. Well, that should I mean, be murder. Yeah. That's what I was wondering is like, well, the cops would have to interview him and find, you know, was it, you know, this self-defense and there's a whole big issue on that. Yeah. Casey but again, it kills him. Well, that's oh. like Die Hard. Have you seen Die Hard recently? Not recently. Like uh, we I've never uh, seen, I've never seen the whole thing all the way through. I need to. Oh, I don't know if you get through it. Hard, I love the Die Hard movies. I've never seen one all the way through, but I love Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. So, yeah, well, I mean, Nate, like even though he's a cop, even though he's a cop, he would be questioned. Like, well, why did you do this? You endangered these people. Like the guy who killed got killed because he, he tried to rat John McClane out. Like technically, that's because John was doing shit that was endangering the other people. And so like they were, he was raising the attention. You know what I mean? Like he would answer for that in real life. They might clear him, but like he would get like suspended or fired or something crazy like that before the, oh shit. What is it? The, the union, the police union tells the police chief to hire him back on. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things like he would probably get the bill. That's the one thing I'll give Ghostbusters two credit on. I love the second movie, not as much as the first one, because it's like a good comedy versus like, you know, a good movie, so to speak. But like, that's the one thing that you go, well, that sucks. And the reason it sucks is because it's true. The Ghostbusters would totally be sued by the city of New York for causing a massive catastrophic event. Even though they saved the day, they would be totally billed for the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. (laughs) Which would cause him to go out a bit like that makes total sense in reality. Like, and I feel it's the same thing there. Like, just like when Shredder falls into the trash compactor, he should be dead. And then when, when Casey does that, you know, he could lie and say, oh, well, I couldn't turn it off in time. And when it felt trash in there, it just started to compact it. But that's bullshit. And he'd be arrested. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's the whole problem with all 80s and 90s movies, though, is that or I would say even into the 2000s, you get these things that's like, well, this has to happen and this happens. And like nobody seems to care because, you know what? Our dude walks away with the girl killing the bad guy. And that's all that matters. And it, it can make a very entertaining movie. But logically, it just doesn't really fit. I will say, though, it does hold up. And my wife watched Die Hard. So... Let me see. What else have we from the music aspect? Yeah, I music aspect. Never heard 
the rap and the credits. It's not in the movie. I don't think it's throughout the movie. I think I just heard it in the credits. And I never remember that rap. Oh, you don't remember? Yeah, yeah. T-U-R-T-L-T Power. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That one? I think. Just the rap during the credits completely threw me off. It's like telling this, you know, telling the story about each one. And I mean, it's not like the I'm, I'm thinking like da 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 da. I'm thinking of the song that I know, and then the only other rap I know is like Ninja Rap from the second movie with Vanilla Ice. I know. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, Vanilla Ice. Guy. Yeah. Uh, well, no, you were right. It was Van- Vanilla Ice, and then but somebody else, Hammer yeah. Time. Who's that guy? Well, no, no, he. That's in the first movie. What? Uh, MC Hammer. Is that the one on the credits? No, well, I think they played again in the credits, but he's the one that goes, This is what we do, do what we do. Oh, do, okay, that's do, not the one that's in the credits. No, 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 the one that's in the credits is uh, they do two songs when they fade out from Cowabunga, they do 9.95 and then they go into T U R T L E Power, Teenage Mutant Ninja. Yeah, Here's I think that's half what... shell, our heroes for this day and age. Who could ask for more? The, Crime yeah. was high with muggings mysterious. I don't ever uh, remember that. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's actually, I honestly, the only thing, that's a great song, but they only get one thing wrong, which is they say Raphael's the leader of the group. And that is just not true. But that's okay because it's beyond that. It's a really good like s- summary of what the whole fucking movie is, <laughs> which is really nice. But I'm surprised you've not, you don't remember that. That's uh. I don't think I ever, when I was a kid, I think when it was over, I'm just like, okay. Oh, that, that's cool. I'm seven. Well, that's, I mean, I'm only like, what, a year or two older than you, right? I feel like I'm 39. Yeah. You're 37? I'll be 30. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've only got a month. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait a minute. You just had your birthday, right? No, in a month. Oh, in a month. Yeah, I always, it's either December or January. I always get thrown off. Quit sticking the pen up your goddamn nose. I didn't stick it up my nose, man. It's right. It's close. I, 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 put it in your mouth. I, 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 I itched it. I itched it with the pen. Right. I have a but pen. But I say that was, the, that was the biggest surprise of the movie as far as what I remembered was that song. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. But what was your biggest takeaways, Nathan? Well, there was a rap song at the end. Yeah. and Well, because everything else, I mean, I knew. I was just sure. basically just rewatching it for enjoyment. Uh, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm s- most of it. I'm quoting before it happens with what I remember. But I mean, not like as far as like scenes that were really shocking. There weren't really any scenes where I was like, oh, I don't remember this at all. Um, okay. That I can that I can think of. Like there wasn't anything where I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, sorry, Domino's. That was the other thing. The main thing was the so pizza and the song. Yeah. Not necessarily the pizza, just the company. Did you catch the hand of the turtle when Donatello was skateboarding when Michelangelo was waiting for the pizza? Did you see the hand go through the shot? Yeah, so the scene where Michelangelo is waiting for the pizza and Donatello skateboards, and they do this interesting shot where you're just getting the footwork of the turtle on the skateboard, and he does this weird, like, you know, like circular, like 360 mm-hmm. action. I think it's because he couldn't probably control himself without the, with the glove on, but they got it in the shot. And it's one of those things that I notice now and it's not that bad, but it's just more like, Oh, his turtle hand was off. 
Now, did you find, I would say the last thing I was throw out there, did you find any of the jokes hit better being that you were an adult now? Give me an example. Like, I, I remember it being funny just because of the inflection, but I didn't, it was like Ghostbusters. I would laugh at the inflection of how they spoke versus what they were actually saying. I remember... I thought it was really funny when Danny is hiding out in the turtles lair in the cabinet and he goes, don't shoot. And Raph goes, I don't think it's loaded kid. And it took me a while to get, I got it. I've got it about 10 years ago, but it's because they don't have any guns. I thought that was a really clever because they're all holding swords. And he's like, don't shoot. I don't think it's loaded kid. Like you're no. Okay. All right, but jokes like that, you know, some of the... I don't think I laughed. I See, I I thought that was really funny when I... I mean, like, in anything. Like, I remember, I I mean, I enjoy the movie, and I'll always enjoy it. Sure. Uh, But as far as does it make me laugh, no. no. I mean, I I guess I had a smile, but I think it's just because I like the movie. Nothing, like, made me, like... Well, and this was a little... This You probably can't make this joke anymore today... But the part where he's like, uh, you're a claustrophobic. You never looked at another guy before. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that would be one that I guess as yeah. a kid, I didn't really get. And now I and now I do. Yeah. Well, well, then that's twofold, because first off, Casey thinks Donnie is calling him gay. Mm-hmm. And that's not he's like, no, you're afraid of enclosed places. And he's like, I don't have to take this. I'm going to sleep in the truck. And if you think about that, the truck is an even smaller enclosed space. (laughs) And all I could think of was, I I mean, Casey must have, like, he dresses like he only makes $5 an hour. But, and again, just because he's on top of a building, I guess I can't assume that he lives there. So I don't actually know, like, what Casey does for employment. I don't know if he was a superstar hockey player and he was given a signing bonus and then he was giving an injury that wasn't a subsidiary of said contract. Therefore, he would get the money that he was promised, even though he's not playing anymore. Like, so maybe he is rich and I don't know, but like the the sewer is going to have more space than his apartment. So I'm like, does he sleep with his windows open? Is he, are all his doors open? Is there a creation of space that this sewer is not providing? Because the height of the floor to the top of the sewer isn't going to be much different than the height of the floor to the top of his apartment, unless he's got vaulted ceilings, which the apartment complex was flat, so you can rule out. But then I'm like, it's just a movie. He's going to roll down the window in the truck anyway. We're fine. But yeah, right. you're well, wondering, yeah. like, the trucks are even worse. Oh, yeah. He was, in, he was in defense mode. So and, it didn't matter where he wanted to go. He just wanted to get out of there. Oh, totally. And, I mean, his performance of him, like, cracking the window down because it is a, cl- a smaller space is just, I yeah, I really appreciated some of those gags. And, uh, you know, I didn't think it was necessarily funny, but I got it more like the references. It's like, oh, you dirty rat. You killed my brother. You dirty rat. Oh, that must be Splinter's favorite. Oh, it's because he's a, oh, it's because he's a rat. Oh, that's great. It was a joke. And they all laugh. I, I was just like, are they laughing because it was really bad? Like that to me is funny. But if they're laughing because they genuinely thought it was funny, then it's not funny. But I, I don't know. I always took it that as an adult, I took that as they were not. They really didn't find it funny. And they were just humoring her. And that was the joke. But, but yeah. 
So music-wise, though, what else music-wise uh, outside of did any of their music like interest you, or was it just oh, this is repetitious or not great, or did it's it take you same, out of the movie? It's the same way I thought about it when I was a kid. There wasn't, I mean, there wasn't anything like eye dropping or anything like there was no real music that made me like that would change how I thought about the movie. No. Okay. I mean, I guess they did a. I mean, when they I guess, they did a real good job of like creating this, like this, like the suspenseful chords and everything, I guess were good. I like how those were placed, but I mean, it was very, I mean, the music was predictable. You knew it was going to happen, but again, 1990, the did movie also, was made for the music side. The music was just like, a, now, did you feel the music did have a hint of what you would expect from a movie featuring ninjas or like mysterious, like robberies, like or whatever. Well, usually it's it's perfect fists and it's perfect fists and perfect force that a lot of oriental music is. I mean, this is I didn't feel like any like stereotype like we're going to we're going to like make it authentic. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't but uh, but I mean like the transitions, I mean the transitions were good. Uh, and like I said, I was just mostly taken aback by the last one. I was just like, "Oh. Okay. Seriously, uh, that I mean, yeah, it's not. I mean, music. It's not really that. It's not really that memorable. But it, I mean, then. But when like it's when the movie was opening, it's like, oh, I remember this song, and it kind of gets you into it. So I will say it's very memorable. It was, it was it was written well because like you can go 15 years without seeing it or 20 years and then hear those chords or hear that music and be like, oh, I know what that's from. So yes, it's memorable. I would say. Well, especially with you being, you write music yourself. I was interested in, and do you think, cause I will say it was weirdly enough, like the score had, it felt like Oriental without going with the cliche route of going Oriental, yes. but it felt like a New York. Some of the, yeah, I, would agree, of I would agree with, with some of that, especially with some of the instrumentation. It sounded like more like authentic, like, well, I would say more of the percussion side. Well, especially the Shredder song. The Shredder song like slapped in terms of the the drums when he comes in. Yeah. I I still think that is even though I, I don't think it's practical at all in terms of how you enter the room, it still is a really good shot. And I and I love it. Like it's a beautiful shot because of how the shadow comes in first and then him and then with the music. And you still don't see his face yet. Like you're just seeing the outline of him. And it's kind of badass. And I, here's the thing, too. I think people forget is that because they watch the cartoon show or they have a memory of the cartoon show, which is Shredder's a bumbling idiot, is that Shredder actually doesn't get defeated by the turtles in the movie. He gets defeated by Splinter and I always feel like people... why he gets defeated by Splinter. He gets defeated by a trash compactor. Well, but okay. I mean, I go on. He is thrown from the ledge. So I guess, yeah, he's had I'll, that compactor not been there. He, he would have hit the ground. Okay. I'll go with this on it. He is defeated by Splinter and Casey Jones in terms of Casey's the one that turns the trash compactor on. And if the fall didn't kill him from Splinter letting go, but and I kind of forgot how Splinter held on to him, like the nunchucks, which. They made it like, of course, when you show the only weapon, the only surviving weapon, you know, lands on the ladder, you know, damn well, that's going to come back in less than a minute or two. Yeah. But, but yeah, how he, the, what the, the nunchucks are crossed over the, oh, the Shredder grabs Donatello's bow staff, right? 
No, like, he has like, right. He, ha- he has his own. He has. Oh, his he has own, his own thing. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. Don's is wood. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his is uh, metal, and Donatello is made of wood. And yeah, because his has a spear at the end of it because he charges at him with the spear. Yeah. And uh, to this day, I still don't know why he. I mean, when you're just holding it like this, I'm just like, oh, I bet a real ninja would not be that stupid. Like, yeah, it, look, yeah. I'm just like you were. I mean, and you're covering like 20 or 20, 30 feet. And it's like, yeah, we we get what you're trying. Like, why would you do that? But then I thought I had forgotten that you know, Splinter flips him over and just holding him. Then I'm thinking this guy could barely hold like a brick. 30 minutes ago and now he's got the strength to hold up a man while on a ladder i don't yeah. think he's just standing on the ledge because he was on the ladder when he did it because he didn't step onto the oh no, know, he, like the ba- no was he on the base of the he was on the base of the, oh, was of the he? okay so he's leaning over holding him and that just takes a lot of strength I'm like man he really got his strength back because before he couldn't walk now he's climbed a building he's in shape he's holding a man and Shredder is the reason why he fell. It wasn't Splinter like, I'm done with this, let go. Shredder made him well, fall. That, okay, that's yeah. true too. Well, so that goes into something too. Like, you know, Shredder technically killed himself. Splinter is the one that was holding it while he died. So yeah. because pride cometh before the fall, like he would rather kill Splinter and fall and die, which I will say that's kind of how the first book ends, except for there was no Splinter in the showdown. It was just the turtles, which is, he rather die with honor. He would rather blow the turtles up and himself up yeah. or just bleed out and die. than you, you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like, and I would have loved to, and again, this is why one of those things in retrospect, you know, well, let me ask you this because you brought it up. Would you have liked to have seen shots of all the weapons being discarded? That way it's not well, really them all discarded, right? Well, you just see the turtles, like you just see it's like weapons or he dies and they all look at each other and, they're, and yeah, they, they throw them and the, you're right. You're 100% right. It's filmmaking that's done when you're just trying. You want to make sure that the audience pays attention to what was dropped. And in your situation, you're not wrong. The only focus you hear, on the nunchucks. You hear them all land. I mean, I, I remember you hear them all land. and then, But you just know as soon as they show the nunchucks hit that ladder, it's like, oh, okay. Well, right. You know at some point because – we as viewers, we're trained to pick up on, well, if we're focusing on this over here, even if it's for a shot for a second, you know, we know that's going to come into play later on. So I think I was surprised though. I remember, I wonder when I first watched it, I bet I was surprised. Oh yeah. That shred that I keep uh, splinter was there. Oh yeah. Well, I I would have been, I bet I would have been surprised. I probably would have knew it was coming, but I don't think it would have been Splinter. I would have thought like, oh, maybe Michelangelo is going to run and get him at the end because maybe he saw them. I think I would have done that rather than thinking Splinter was going to grab them and eventually lead to, I don't think I was thinking that when I was younger. Well, something else to think about too is that when we both watched this movie, we were much younger. We were much younger. You were seven. I was nine or 10. And, but I will say this and watching it now as adults, it's something that you kind of hit on. I think intentionally, maybe unintentionally is that we are trained to pick up on how this is going to go. Right. But back then we didn't know that we are trained by what we watch. Mm -hmm. And technically, I mean, look, the guy who directed this, I thought he did a really good job with what he was up against. But at the same time, in terms of the general language of filmmaking, He's following all the same stuff that has been done before. 
And it's a lot harder to do different things in filmmaking in terms of how you present the story in terms of editing and filming, you know, like, like what are some, I mean, I, I know you and I have talked, we quote Ghostbusters all the time. What are some other movies that you grew up a lot watching as a kid? Like, I feel like nothing but trouble might be one of them. Well, I used to love nothing but trouble. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Growing up, I'm trying to think of what, like Angels in the Outfield. Okay. Bull Durham. Did you watch like major league? Movies? No, just in general, like the language of uh, film is through um, from major your... league alien. Okay. Uh, aliens. Right. So like that's Joe a... versus the volcano. Right. And uh, so see right, right, right there, big. you got a really good setup of those are filmmakers, especially I would say with Penny Marshall from big, a league of their own major league alien aliens ridley scott james cameron i'm I'm going to assume that you probably watched terminator or terminator 2 oh i saw terminator i remember seeing terminator and terminator 2 in the theater so those shape your how you view movies now like you might not recognize that but and, and same thing with turtles is that or it 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 adds another example of what you know will happen. So when you watch films and they do like the nunchuck shot, like you, that has as a child trained us to expect when we see a movie and a character goes, Oh, I don't need this pen. And he throws it over there. And then you do a shot of where the pen lands. You now know that pen is important where it landed. It might not be important right away, but that's going to come back later those movies have trained us on how we viewed it. And I think that's fascinating too, because I watched, I watched a lot of movies and TV shows growing up, but you know, I, I always, I sometimes forget to think about the movies that have trained me and turtles is definitely one of them in terms of you're setting up the concepts, you know, the wide shot, they're on the roof, smaller shots, it's up close, medium shot, whatever. But, you know, but I do wonder would it have been more interesting if they showed all the, you know, just to throw people off to go, well, what the hell is happening? So when Splinter shows up and you're going like, oh, no, like he doesn't have a weapon or anything. And then he pulls out the nunchuck and or you would you would probably just suspend disbelief for a second because common sense would kick in knowing that Splinter climbed up the the ladder, the yeah, the fire escape ladder. And he probably would have grabbed the nunchuck, but we don't see him holding it. So we're not, you know what I mean? Like, but it, it's technically filmmaking 101 and it's really interesting to see what has shaped us as, you know, you probably watched home alone and stuff too. I'm going to assume too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, some of that stuff is just really, Oh, and probably hook and others, probably hook, a few gremlins critters mm -hmm. crit. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, critters got a, that was the movie that Raph saw which weird inside joke for you, Nathan, is that the movie Critters was produced by the company that was distributing Ninja Turtles. And it's part of it was, is that the Jim Henson people, I don't think they did the puppetry for that. And they thought the movie was kind of beneath them. And so that was their little inside joke. I heard, I thought I read that somewhere. That was an inside joke, slamming Critters and kind of slamming their parent company because New Line Cinema has distributed both of them. It's like, oh, where do they come up with this stuff? And I was just like, that's, I guess that's to me is another adult joke was that even if I took that part out of it, the fact that Raph went and saw a movie about little mutant creatures running around eating things is just weirdly funny to me. That's what he's complaining about <laughs> because he technically is one, a weird yeah. puppet thing too. 
All right. Well, that's all I got. I feel like any final thoughts, Nate, on Ninja Turtles, the movie from 1990? Not really. I enjoyed it as a kid. I enjoyed it as an adult. Well, did you? I mean, I would say, I mean, go ahead. No, I mean, would you watch it again if it was on TV and you were like, okay, sure, I'll watch it? Or is it just more like. I mean, it'd have to be a while. Like, it's not, I mean, it's not like a movie where if it's on and I'm not doing, I probably won't, but like, if I mean, if I want to, if I want to watch it, I I would watch it. Okay, no, that's fair enough. I but if it's okay. just on, probably not. Or I mean, I might watch it a little bit, then like go to work. But it's definitely not one that I have to watch all the way through because I can just see what scene they're at and be like, oh, okay, I know it's going to go to here, or go to there, because it's always going to be memorable to me. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I guess I, that to me is a good gauge on where you sit with the film currently. Is that like you enjoyed it? as an adult years later, but like, like for example, if it was on like again right now and I wasn't doing anything else, I would probably turn it on as background noise or I would probably get sucked into watching it. But, but yeah, not, not everyone's that way. So that's why I was curious on where it still held up for you. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. What, anything else that you wanted to throw out there? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I I I think just as far as like just a fun, I mean, just a fun comedy to kind of take you back I mean, I'm not to a simpler time, but like, a simpler I mean, time with horse and buggy. Yeah. I mean, but it's just, in, or like that, the fact that the pizza was $13, you know, or I mean, I mean, reduced to 10, but like it was supposed to be $13. That's and 13. the fact that you're seeing them hand an old 10 and not, you know, one with all these colors on it or the $20 bills that Danny steals that are conveniently out of a wallet when nobody in the world would have $20 bills like that in their wallet. No respectable man has money in their wallet that way to show that they have that many bills hanging out. But technically Uh, it was not a respectable man though, Nathan, it was a woman. It was April. No, when wall, when he, no, the Brown wallet. Oh, well, wait a minute. So he steals a wallet in the beginning of the movie but there's a wallet in no, the April's wallet that is the wallet from his dad. Oh, that's not his dad's wallet. That's April's wallet. That's why at the end of the movie, he goes April here and gives, gives her $20 back because he doesn't, he feels bad that he stole it from her and she's been nothing but polite and kind to him. Oh, well, still it shouldn't hang out. A woman's billfold is even. No, you're right. It's elongated usually. And it, well, or is it that we're not like to us, maybe is it one of those? Cause I don't remember my mom having a purse. Like my mom had a purse, but I just remember it was a purse. I don't remember what she they actually held April's it in. apartment when they visited. Yeah. Yeah. They had in a the beginning. They were at April's apartment. Yeah. So it was the first shot of it's uh, yeah. Cause he's like, I would like to know when my report, my number one reporter gets mugged, call me crazy. And she's like, well, Charles, you know, yeah. I have a story to do. And Daniel, Danny is in there reading a, turtle comic book weirdly enough is it really yeah i think it's called i think it's a uh, fugitoid is one of the spinoffs from ninja turtles the original comic i books. never caught that i probably would have never caught that i knew he was reading something but to be fair i didn't either that's a weird little factoid i'm throwing out there and then he looks up and he sees the wallet of yeah. 20 dollars, and he reaches up and grabs the 20 and it's her money okay so like so that is to signal to us that danny's a bad dude because he's stealing from our hero april's wallet but you know Yay, fun stuff. But uh, yeah, interesting things like that, or seeing like how the old like containers for like whoppers and like old like old cars or like people talking to each other, uh, just little oh, yeah. things that you don't see anymore. Crazy. So I, yeah, 
Fair enough. All right. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for doing this, man. This has been a blast. And thank you all for listening at home. You have a good day. The Good, the Bad, and the Geeky is presented by D4K Studios. Executive producer is Nick Argenbright. Co-producers are Ashley Carlson and Catherine Ranella. The Good, the Bad, and the Geeky is also made possible by our Kickstarter backers. To see our backers, check out our show notes over at gbgpodcast.com. Our theme and end credit tracks for The Good, the Bad, and the Geeky are by chiptune artist Hide Your Tigers. You can check out their music by going to hideyourtigers.bandcamp.com. We also feature the track from Futurama, The Devil's Hands Are Idle Playthings, an arrangement by our own Nathan Haley. If you enjoy our program, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review or subscribe to wherever podcasts are streamed. Get out of here without cheese! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers! Go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place!